At the beginning of its term this month, the Supreme Court was scheduled to hear two cases challenging President Trump's travel ban, which he had issued earlier this year. After President Trump issued what is the third version of that ban, uh, not too long ago, the court dismissed one of the challenges, that was about two weeks ago, and yesterday it dismissed the other and vacated a lower federal appeals court's ruling against the ban. But in other newer cases, federal judges have already issued orders in joining this newest version of the president's orders. Here to talk with us about what the Supreme Court did and what we can expect going forward is our Bloomberg Law co-host and Bloomberg uh, Supreme Court reporter, Greg Storr. Greg, the court had this issue squarely before it about the president's powers to issue this sort of this sort of order and whether the um, you know whether there could be constitutional or statutory challenges to it, and now it's dismissed both cases. Was this expected? Yeah, Michael, this was expected, uh, certainly foreshadowed by the court uh, dismissing the other case a couple weeks ago. Basically, it's because the the case that was before the court was about this temporary policy that has now completely expired. The last provision of it involving uh, restrictions on refugees expired yesterday, and the Trump administration has now put in place a, a different policy that allows some refugee admissions, but with some pretty strict screening rules. So there wasn't anything left for the Supreme Court to decide in this particular case. So, Greg, the court also vacated the decision the decision under appeal, which was from the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, meaning it can't be used as precedent. And Sonia Sotomayor dissented from that. Can now the administration use that to try to block in some way the order by the Honolulu judge, which relied on the Ninth Circuit? Yeah, they certainly could try to do that, June. Now, they've already appealed that ruling, so exactly where that would play out isn't clear. Um, uh, certainly, one would expect that to, to come up to some degree. Uh, that being said, uh, even without that precedent, uh, there's not a whole lot of reason to think that either the district judge or the Ninth Circuit would, would really view the case differently. Remember, uh, these are uh, two courts that uh, already ruled on the earlier policy and, and already have some, some views about whether what the president did uh, is legal. So, Greg, with the court having, you know, seems to have been clearing the way here for the lower courts to continue looking at this, what, what do we know is going to happen now as it winds through the courts? Well, uh, it's now before two federal appeals courts. The administration has appealed the, the two district judge orders there. And so the next action probably will be there unless uh, the Ninth Circuit decides to kick it back to Judge Watson along the lines of what June was suggesting. Um, it may come back up to the Supreme Court fairly quickly. Uh, you know, at the moment, this is all emergency stuff. And one could imagine if those lower courts refuse to let the policy, the travel ban, go into effect, you could see the, the Trump administration administration coming back to the Supreme Court very quickly. And so within uh, really a matter of weeks, we could get uh, more Supreme Court action. So speaking of Supreme Court action, the justices are back in action next week. Uh, what are some of the one of the big cases coming up? Well, the biggest case that they have coming up uh, in this next round of arguments, they hear arguments over the course of two weeks, is one that will actually be the following week, and it has to do with Ohio rules uh, uh, that purge people from the, the voter registration rules uh, if they haven't voted in several years and don't respond to a notice. Uh, groups are challenging that, saying it's uh, a form of voter suppression and in violation of, of federal law, the federal law that we 
uh, commonly call the motor voter law, which uh, says that you cannot, states cannot take somebody off the rolls uh, uh, because they didn't vote. Greg, you know, the question of uh, voter participation and gerrymandering and all the things that go into our elections has become uh, quite partisan over the last few years. Does the court break down? I mean, I know it's hard to read tea leaves even in advance of arguments, but does the court break down in the same sort of liberal versus conservative way on voting matters as we expect on a lot of the controversial issues? And not in every case, Michael, but generally, yes, when there's going to be a fault line, uh, it is that that usual fault line that has the court's uh, Democratic appointees on one side, they're for them, and the court's Republican appointees on the other side. And uh, occasionally, the, the, the Democratic appointees can win over either uh, Anthony Kennedy or John Roberts. Uh, but in general, yes, this is an issue that divides the court, uh, much like it divides the rest of the country. Anthony Kennedy is the swing vote. What a novel and unique situation. Uh, <laughs> oh, shock for the United States Supreme Court. You never see that happen. Uh, thank you to Greg Storr, our Bloomberg Law co-host and Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter for being with us here on the show today. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, we're going to be talking about the Department of Justice guidance on so-called sneak and peek warrants in which the government for years now has been asking uh, computer companies not to tell you when or ordering them not to tell you when they get search warrants for your data and information that's stored in the cloud. The Justice Department is cutting way back on that.